I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. And this is the mini episode where we talk about things that are in the news. Yep. Things that we just found interesting or funny in general. (laughs) I think sometimes whenever I listen to these back, I'm like, wow, we're really not giving them like a lot of like informative information, but it's just stuff we thought was interesting or cool. I mean, isn't that kind of just like what a podcast is? It's like, hey, I found this thing. I think it's cool. If you think it's cool, too, you can listen. Yeah, and if not, I don't know, fast forward. Or just, I guess, I don't know. No, don't, don't you tell them not to listen. I know, time. I was like, no, listen to the mini episodes. You have to, you have to. Well, Madigan and I came off of a long day of, of day drinking It's been a good today. day. It's yeah. been a good day, and we're drinking some more now. We're yeah. not drunk anymore. Oh, no, no, no. But I did have, I did lose count of the number of mimosas I had this morning. Because when they say bottomless, I mean... That shit is bottomless. Your, but your boyfriend is fucking ridiculous. Like, well, that's how you're supposed to drink would, bottomless mimosas. I know, but he would, like... Like, I was kind of trying to, like, keep track because I had to drive home. And, he like, I would drink half. And he'd be like, glug, glug, glug. Like, yeah, no, that's how they do it. I definitely got up on more than one occasion to, like, do something. And then uh-huh. when I'd come back, my drink would be full again. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because Anthony know. was just a fucking maniac. It was good. Whatever, man. Yeah. It, we, and um, it was for my birthday, so I was kind of like, eh, 
yeah, fuck it. You know, I do fuck what I it. want. It's my birthday. <laughs> well, I mean, it's your birthday in, what, two days? It counts. It counts. You know what I, I mean? I mean, I'm not trying to negate. It was I'm the birthday saying. party. I'm just saying, I know Chris was like, she's not having a party? She's having a brunch? I know. I feel very grown up. Yeah. I feel very grown up having, like, a birthday brunch instead of, like, go... I usually do a big thing where we go out or, like, we've definitely had parties here but at I the house. But I liked this because I got to, like, talk to people. Yeah. It felt it good. Fun. It felt like, Eat good you know... Food. Yeah. And the and we went to the Federal in North Hollywood and they have such a good brunch special. Yo, I had a... I had banana rum pancakes. Waffles. waffles. Yeah. So good. So yeah, the entire like I am usually not a member of the Clean Plate Club. I Ooh. ate every fucking morsel so good. on that plate. So I definitely said whatever. It's my birthday in more than one way because I also had they have breakfast pasta carbonara that there. That shit was good. It was so good. I kept like nomming off of Amy's plate. Like, yeah, don't mind if I do. Yeah, it's basically carbonara pasta with an egg, a fried egg on top. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah, the sauce was so good. So I definitely came home, took like a long ass nap, and yeah. then I was like, I'm not going to drink anymore. But then you came over and I was like, well, my friend and friend of the show, Jillian Forster, gave me this awesome bottle of sparkling wine, and it is Nasty Woman yep. from uh, Boss Lady Bubbles, Washington. It's super good. And it is so good. I want to know where she got it so I can buy it. Um, it, She got it from Uncorked. It's a wine shop in Hermosa. So she lives in Hermosa. Oh, I was like, I'm not driving out there. <laughs> no, but like, well, we'll prob- I'll probably go this summer. Mm. But um, in the back of the bottle, I love this, it says... A nasty woman can be on the left, on the right, or in the middle. A nasty woman is a leader and a fighter. She is a strong, powerful believer in equality for everyone, regardless of race, class, gender, creed, and sexual sexual orientation. If these are your ideals, you're a nasty woman. Isn't that lovely? People just get you. I know. They get me. They like, get you. They're like, what do we need to give Keegan? Feminist wine. Anything fucking feminist, especially <laughs> feminist alcohol. Yeah, that's the best. I just got such a kick out of how many people either recognized my face from, from the like, artwork. our logo. Yeah. Or, like, when I introduced myself, recommended, or recommended, recognized my voice. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my god. You're like, oh my gosh, I feel famous. Thanks, yeah. I told Chris, I'm like, Chris. I'm really famous in Keegan's circle of friends. Well, it's also a testament to, and I don't think we've ever said this on the show, but Madigan did our logo for for the show. Hi. And um, it's also a testament to how well you drew yourself. <laughs> because um, they definitely recognized you. I also did it you. so, like, such a cheater's way of doing it. I have... It counts. I don't care. It counts, but it's like, it t- it is kind of cheating. I have, a, I have an iPad Pro that I use, and I use Procreate, and you can do you know, layers and stuff like Photoshop. And then I basically just, like, traced it and added shit to it. And well, it was effective, so don't sell, your, don't sell yourself I'm short. I'm not. Right? I'm just explaining because I don't want people to think I'm that good at faces when I'm not. <laughs> I know like, they're going to be commissioning things I'm for like, you. <laughs> send me a picture and I will. I'll do my best. I'm not just one of those people who's like, draw me and it'll be epic. Not like that. So what do you... Do you want to go first with something to talk about? Um... Sure. Why not? So, just for the record, today I kind of thought we were going to be doing a full length and a, and a mini. So I was yeah, like, I don't know if Keegan fucked up or if I fucked up or if we both fucked. I up. I think neither one of us fucked up. I think we just didn't communicate what we yeah. <laughs> like what we were doing. But that's fine. Because um, I thought just because we didn't do because we did late a late episode last. No, episode, totally. I, like, I think you're right. I think like that was the original plan, and then in my head I was just like, oh, we're 
Gonna yeah. Be- so anyway, I, I spent too much time trying to like look into researching that and not enough time looking at things that were in the news, but I had bookmarked some things on my Facebook. So the first thing that I have is... It's not funny, and I shouldn't laugh. This is from NPR, and it's Alabama sheriff legally took $750,000 meant to feed inmates, bought a beach house. So what a great... What a great way to make some extra money for a good beach house, you know? <laughs> Just take what? it so... from... Literally <laughs> take it from the mouths of inmates in prison. Yeah, you know? Um, you so I guess there's, like, this this loophole. It says Alabama has a Depression-era law that allows sheriffs to keep and retain unspent money from uh, jail food provision accounts. Sheriffs across the state take excess money as personal income and in the event of a shortfall are personally liable for covering the gap. So, I don't really know what that means. Like, excess money. What yeah, what I kind of like excess money do you have, and how do you prisons, have? Yeah. How do you have seven hundred and fifty thousand of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if any of us have watched Orange Is the New Black, we know that's just not the case. <laughs> I, I mean, and you've got people in prison like working for pennies. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it just it feels wrong. Yeah. It feels super wrong. And it says Etowah County Sheriff Todd Entrickin told the news that he follows that practice of taking extra money from the fund, saying the law says it's a personal account and that's the way I've always done it. It's a personal account? What I don't understand how this law came to be or why it exists. Um, well if it be- if it started during like the Depression era, mm-hmm. it was probably you know, there were definitely no rights for inmates, I think, at that point. So it was probably their way of helping pay the people that... Right. They probably couldn't af- really afford to pay their sheriff. Like, what right. they... Right. Well, and and then and the people who were in jail had no rights. So they were like, okay, well, then whatever's left over, you guys can take as, like, a yearly bonus or things like that. I don't know. I it don't, just seems like I mean, like I'm there's... not saying it's right, but that's probably no, no, what no. their way of thinking I, was I totally, I totally agree with you. It's just, for me, I'm just like... I don't understand this concept of leftover money. It just yeah. seems like other than other than you're literally spending the bare minimum or at least it's encouraging people to spend the bare minimum on food. So you're getting yeah. like the lowest quality food and the lowest amounts of it you can so that you have as much excess money as possible to buy a beach house with. Exactly. Then you're they're purposefully spending less money and cutting corners to have money left over. I mean, they have to be. Yeah. Our prison system is just like so fucked. Shitty. It's so fucked. I just re- we were literally just talking about how I yawned into the microphone on the last episode cuz my <laughs> mom was giving me a critique and I literally was like, oh, "Yeah." Like there, I was like, "I don't yawn into the microphone and I literally just yawned twice well, in the last like couple minutes." Like, I mean, you Fuck. don't know until you know. You I know. know. And I'm like, "Damn it." Another yeah. thing for me to be aware of, man. Yeah, it's funny how, like, listening to the episodes back, you can, you, you hear things that, like, I definitely have a habit of saying things. I do that, yes. And then I also say things, like, into my wine glass. <laughs> Where I'll be like, uh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and you can totally hear that I'm, like, taking a drink. Or, so. or I'll take, like, a five-second beat. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just, like... A long pause. <laughs> I guess I do that. I've found that I do it a lot in life, though, too. I'll be like, oh, my God, yeah. And then, like, 
You just, just think about what you're gonna say. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. You're just thoughtful. You're a thoughtful. Speaker. Editing makes us sound so smart, though. Thank. Oh my god. god. I mean, we can we can say that, but then people are gonna be like, "Oh, I thought they still sounded really stupid." They're like, <laughs> they're like "How stupid are they?" If We're editing really makes them sound stupid. better, you know. No, it's just not as many like lulls. We don't have to take as many pauses. That's pretty much it. So we can move on from this, but I just wanted to say like. So he ended up buying this guy, the sheriff. He and his wife own several properties uh, worth a combined $1.7 million That's in a lot Alabama. It's a Alabama. lot of money for a sheriff, I feel like. And, yeah, right? and I feel like the cost of living in Alabama is low. Right. So that seems like Those a lot. Those are some really fancy, fancy houses. Yeah, and he, including a 740,000 four-bedroom house in Orange Beach, Alabama, purchased in September, without the provision funds and tricken. I hope I'm saying that right. Earns a little more than nine uh, ninety three thousand a year. That still seems like a lot for a sheriff. Yeah. In a statement emailed to NPR, Entrekin said the liberal media has been attacking me for following the letter of the law. Listen, just because you're following the letter <laughs> of the law doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that you're right. not an asshole. Like, yeah, or that it's right. You're still an asshole. Like, this law can exist. That doesn't mean you have to take advantage of it. You yeah. know, like, but yeah. but it is what it is. Anyway, what well, do you have for us today? I will stay in line with Alabama. Last week we did a lot of Florida. This week I'm going to do an Alabama. Just coming for the South hard. Coming for it. Um, Alabama lawmaker doesn't want to arm teachers because having a gun just isn't ladylike. Now is it? And it's difficult because you're like, on the one hand, yes, we shouldn't be arming <laughs> teachers. Because you're but like, why you're like, are you making like, it yes. a lady thing? You're like, yes, I'm with you. And then he's like, because it's not ladylike. And then you're like, oh. oh. <laughs> this is from Splinter News. Also, male teachers exist. Right. What are you talking about? But I but again that's a, the the inherent sexist women are teachers. Yeah, rhetoric you know, it's, it's sort a of, feminine yeah. uh, mm-hmm. occupation. In the wake of the Parkland shooting, the very dumbest idea that's gotten perhaps the most traction is the proposal that teachers and school staff should be able to carry loaded weapons in schools just in case one of their students gets the idea that they should commit mass murder. <laughs> um Alabama, which suffered its own school shooting less than two weeks ago, is currently considering its own bill that would do just that. At least one Republican state legislator has already publicly come out against it, but for a decidedly very bad reason. He thinks most teachers are women who are terrified of firearms. Oh, he's just pissing off women on both sides of the aisle with this. This This is his quote. It says... I'm not saying all women, but in most schools, women are major- are the majority of the teachers, Shiver told Al.com. Uh, some of them just don't want to be trained to process firearms. Possessed. If they want to, then that's good. But most of them don't want to learn how to shoot like that and carry a gun. I've heard that 75% of Republicans support it, but I was there live and in person, and I know what it's like in schools. What? <laughs> <laughs> wait, I, I don't wait, know. Wait, wait. Are you saying you went to school because <laughs> you want a cookie? Like, That's what I think. Yeah, I was alive in person. Or does uh, he mean like when the shooting in Alabama? I happened? don't know. I think he was probably yeah there around there. Most women wouldn't like to be put in that position. I know from South from South Alabama, they wouldn't. Um, and I feel like what he just did also really pissed off Southern women because if I know anything yeah being a person who came from south missouri um which they very much consider themselves part of the south yeah southern women if anybody's gonna shoot it's gonna be them yeah like i know lots of women who shoot Mm -hmm. in the south 
and own guns in the South. Yeah. So what a weird, weird thing to say. He's just putting his foot in his mouth because this is actually not a bad thing. It says, uh, Shiver told, um, I don't know if it's Al or AL.com. It's for Al. AL. I mean, I like Al. I mean, both work. It's the same (laughs) thing. That he has another reason for opposing the bill, because cops responding to a school shooting could open fire on a teacher who has the gun, thinking that the teacher is the shooter. And that's something that we talked about on last week's mini-episode. So that, to me, makes sense. And honestly, that should have been where we stopped. Yeah, why didn't he lead with that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand... Yeah, but that that's regardless of sex. You know what yes. I mean? Like either way, he's he's was bringing up an issue that didn't need to be brought up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, is this going to be the last episode before March for Our Lives? I think so, because this will be on Thursday, right? No. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Why was that so hard? I don't know. Um, it was really difficult. Yes, it was. God, we've had too much champagne. My brain is like, no moss. We I cannot just think a anymore. Long fucking week, man. Um, yeah, it'll actually be just be a few days before because it's on the twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we'll be putting this up on the twenty second. So happy March twenty second. Happy day two days after, after two spring. days after two days after Keegan's birthday. Yeah, happy two days after my birthday, you guys. I hope you had a good <laughs> my birthday. <laughs> On Tuesday. Um, God, we're going off the rails. Tuesday's going to be the best day ever you know for what? I'm everybody. Feeling, I'm feeling good about it. I am. I'm going to go see Strangers Pray at Night. I'm really excited. I don't know what that is. It's a horror movie. Oh, okay. So, I like that. I love horror movies, so I'm I do, too. Stoked. You're my horror movie girl. Yeah, I no one have, else likes them. I don't have... A, Chris won't watch them with me. I don't have anyone else to watch horror movies with, so if, Anthony you, ever, goes with me. if you ever need another pal... I know, because when we when I first met him, we watched Pet Cemetery. Yeah, together. that's true. Well, on the 24th, we are going to go to March for Our Lives again. I'm just reiterating this in case mm-hmm. anybody is listening to this episode first, and they haven't listened to the other ones, but you know we've said it in every episode. We are going to be going to that. We'll definitely yep. post about it with... Um, information to those who are in LA if they want to join us and if I can find a list of sister marches I will post that as well yeah um yeah it'd be fun like to get as many people that want to join us find a place that we could meet mm -hmm. I know a lot of my friends are planning on going so we can definitely I think um, that would be really meet up together that'd be cool but so we'll definitely post about that I know it's actually kind of funny um a lot of our, because we look at our analytics, and a lot of our leading cities are in Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got like Van- Vancouver, Toronto, Quebec. Um, Ontario. So we have like. Is it? Uh, wait, is San Francisco still number one right now? No, it's not, but that was weird. That was rad. It was rad, but like it overtook. Um, usually, LA. Usually LA and Burbank kind of fight each other for the number one spot. And yeah. this time it was like San Francisco, Burbank, Los Angeles. And it blows my mind that. Like, I know there's one person in Ketchum listening. That's my mom. But, like, she was always at, like, number four. For a long time, she was. Because we had, like, no listeners. Right. Well, and she just, like, listens. I think she probably re-listens, too. Like, I think she just misses me and, like... Keeps it on in the background. Oh, that's that's so sad. No, it's cute. Um, Okay, so let's see. What else do we got this week? A few more things. I have one more, I think, kind of, like, semi-serious thing. And then I've got a few, like, lighthearted ones. I only have one lighthearted one. I'm going to finish taking my sweater off. Okay. Oh, my God. I love your shirt. Thank you. Chris gave it to me for my birthday. I'm wearing a Golden Girls shirt. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I love it. When we talk about our favorite feminist TV shows, I'll definitely be bringing up Golden Girls. It's so good. So many (laughs) great girl power episodes in that show. Um, Okay, here. Some Republicans are pretty into the idea of making drug crimes punishable by death. Oh, my God. This is from The Slot. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, the photograph at the top of the article is just the smuggest looking photo of Donald Trump in the world. Yeah. Just I mean, nasty. Most of his are pretty smug. Right. He's just got this weird smirk and his eyebrows like <laughs> he's got bad brows <sighs> he's just got bad, honey bad everything honey get a threader brows. get an eyebrow threader yeah uh donald trump's campaign promised to address the opiate crisis and his love for philippine president rodrigo duterte was added up to about what you'd expect he reportedly has a proposal in the works recommending a capital punishment for certain drug crimes and republicans are thrilled um Duterte is perhaps most infamous for his extrajudicial killings of alleged drug dealers, a plan of action Trump has praised as an unbelievable job on the drug problem. Oh, my God. Yeah. Trump, for his part, has been toying with the idea of the death penalty for alleged drug dealers for at least a little while now. If you shoot one person, they give you life. They give you a death penalty, Trump said earlier this month at the White House summit on opiates, as reported by Politico. These people can kill 2,000 to 3,000 people and nothing happens to them. Okay, but here's the difference. Do I think that drug dealers destroy communities? Yes. But that's not the way our justice system works. And they're also not, it's not an intentional, like, yes. Are, yes. They, are they hurting people? Yes. But it's not like a premeditated, I'm going to kill well, this person. Well, and it's like, are they doing things that are contributing to these people's deaths, especially like considering the opioid crisis in the United States right now? Yes, of course. However, that's not how our justice system works because the people who are buying the drugs are, one, they're suffering from the disease of addiction, but two, they're they're making a choice. Like, you can't... Yeah. You can't punish... I mean, you can punish the person for selling the drugs because that's illegal. Yes. But it's not the same thing as actual murder. murder. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's terrible and horrible, and I don't want I don't want anybody to write us saying, like, you are advocating for drug dealers. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, if you break it down by our laws, it's yeah. not the same thing, and it shouldn't be punished in the same way. And I'll go on record right now and say that I'm not pro-death penalty anyway, so... Yeah. All right, so this says, but no, these were not just the murderous musings of a sundowning grandpa. Politico <laughs> reports that this is an official policy in the works. No. According, yep. According to language circulating this week, the Trump administration will call for the death penalty as an option in certain cases where, oh, is it opioid? Opioid, I yeah. was saying it so wrong. <laughs> Including fen- fentanyl? Fentanyl. Yeah. You're so much smarter than me. No, I just watch a lot of intervention. <laughs> Related drug dealing and trafficking are directed are directly responsible for death. And some Republicans are ellipses into it. <laughs> According to the Weekly Standard, the idea went over well with the Republicans in Congress on Thursday. If the president would support it, I am very open to hearing it, House Rules Committee Chairman Peace Sessions told me. What? Florida Republican Brian Mass didn't take a position but added, There's some reason in there, right? If drug dealers are bringing people's lives to an end on a mass scale, he surmised, then there should be room for such a debate. I don't... Okay, first... All right. (laughs) First thing, I just want to point out the number of times that Trump has praised dictators. A lot of times. First thing. Loves them. He loves him some dictators. And how much this country and the right would be losing its goddamn mind Mm -hmm. if any other president, specifically our last president, said Mm -hmm. anything remotely similar as far as on the side of of dictators. 
I really love the author of this article because he says, and while making drug crimes punishable by death is a new level of vile draconian bullshit, the Trump administration isn't alone in the thinking. Wrongly, that severe punishments will solve a public health crisis. The number of federal prosecutors have been pushing to charge drug dealers with murder after overdose deaths, particularly in places hit hard by opioid crisis. Um, yeah, I think, you, you I think to... in certain cases when it's very direct and intentional, and if there is... If you shot someone up on purpose with the intent to or kill them. Or selling them drugs with the intent to kill them. Or then, then or, there would be an investigation. Yeah, but, but it again, doesn't mean that like it's just directly... It, yes, it is still that person's choice to take the drugs. Well, I mean, and here it it's becomes a very touchy subject or issue because the line between choice and addiction is a difficult one. Yeah. You know, because I think you could argue that it's not as much of a choice as it is, like, a physical need yes. um, that they have a really hard time coping and dealing yes, with. Yes, without so, proper help, it's But that's exactly that's exactly the thing. It's just, like, how many drug dealers are also drug users? Yeah. And we need a better way of dealing with helping these... better they, rehabilitation. We need help, yeah. They need... We need better health care. We need better health care. But you don't want to talk about health care. You so know you what I mean? you just want to kill... The people that sell drugs. I mean, to me, it just seems like a very band-aid solution where they're like... It's not going to work. No, it's not. And they're like, what's the easiest way to suppress this for now? You know, it's sticking a band-aid on and then the second you jump in the shower... Well, yeah, you're asking people with addictions to make rational choices about consequences, which is not something that... It, it, no. I mean, it, They're still going to do it and try to get away with it because they've gotten away because, with it for and so long. Because they're addicts. Like, yeah. watch one episode of Intervention yeah, and try and tell me that these people are, like, thinking rationally about the ways in which their drug use or selling drugs or whatever is affecting their lives right. negatively. exactly. So they're not going to rationally think, like, oh, I need to stop selling drugs because I could get the death penalty. They don't care. No, yeah. You know what I mean? It's I mean, not going of, to work. Think of all the murderers who know that the death penalty is a thing. Well, and their body's addicted to something. They're not going to stop doing it. Yeah. Like, just because you tell them there's going to be bad consequences. Like, they yeah. know that. Yeah. They're going to do it anyway. Exactly. Um, is your next one lighthearted? Because I have one more semi-serious Mine's one. lighthearted, so go ahead. All right. Jezebel.com, the Academy president, is being investigated for allegations of sexual harassment. Are we surprised? not surprising. No. <laughs> John Bailey, president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, is reportedly under investigation for sexual harassment allegations. Variety reports that according to three sources, or to their sources, sorry, the Academy received three harassment claims on Wednesday and opened up an investigation. The news comes after the Academy began taking steps to prevent sexual harassment within its organization in light of Me Too. After banning Harvey Weinstein from the Academy in October 2017, the organization set up a new code of conduct for members, stating clearly that the Academy is categorically opposed to any form of abuse, harassment, or discrimination on the basis of gender, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, disability, age, religion, or nationality. If any members are found by the Board of Governors to be violating these standards, they may be suspended or expelled." Bailey is a cinematographer. He was elected in August of 2017. He uh, expressed a commitment to expanding the diversity of the Academy's membership to welcome more women and minorities, but that, you know, doesn't mean that he's not Not a creep, shitty. yeah. So... What, what are the allegations? Do we know? Uh, it doesn't... It, it doesn't say? runs right into the article about Blue Ivy bidding on a painting for $19,000. How... Okay. 
important. It's not important because I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand <laughs> how that would work. That's her allowance, Keegan. She saved her allowance for a Sydney Potier painting. I'm, Deal with it. I mean, I don't doubt that she gets a high allowance. I'm just how how does one bid at that age? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, did her why parents bid? Why don't you ask Beyonce? I would love to. Go Bay, for it. Bay. Bay. Let's have lunch. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the ways that I think you are. Bay. <laughs> Jay. Blue. Sup. Let's have a sit down. And the other two, because now there are twins. That's true. Whose names I can't remember. Can't remember right now. Yeah. I feel Sorry. Like a, I feel like a bad. Although um, I can name all of the Kardashian Kim's kids. Yes. It's North. Saint, Saint in Chicago. In Chicago. Oh, God, that's so Kylie's bad. Kylie's is Stormy. Courtney has Mason and... There's a girl. Penelope. Penelope. Oh, my God, I feel dumber from having Chloe this conversation. Chloe has not had her baby yet. I know. And... What's Rob's kid in Black China's kid? Dream. Dream. Oh, God, that's bad. That is so bad. <laughs> and I feel bad. No, I, feel, I, I feel dirty for high-fiving you because that is messed up that I, we know that. I don't watch the show. I don't either, I, but it's I do like, know. It's, the Kardashian information is one of those things that's through osmosis. Yeah, I, it seeps in. It, like, it totally it. just seeps in. It goes through my pores. Yeah, I just know it. Yeah. It is weird, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that the Academy is being serious about these allegations. I think they have to be at this point. Really digging into these things. I think that it's fantastic. And, you know, I saw another article where... They were mentioning how female architects have a whole, like, list, too, and things like that. And it makes me so happy that people are, you know, this is kind of going back to, like, our very first episode. I'm glad that this is opening a conversation for all different types of workforces. Mm -hmm. Well, because, I mean, again, and I think we've said this every time we've talked about sexual harassment, it is in every single workforce. Mm -hmm. There is not one where it does not exist. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel said a great quote at the Oscars where he was saying how, you know sexual harassment in the workforce uh, needs to needs to go away, basically, because women's... They need one place where they can get a break from sexual harassment, because they get it everywhere else in the world. They shouldn't be getting it at work. Well, you they shouldn't know? be getting it everywhere else in the world, too. No, but, but that, was, that was his joke, where he was kind of saying, like, we at least need to get rid of this, because then at least they won't be... You need a safe know. space somewhere, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think that's great. I also think that it's sad that it came to this because when you talk about people who are in this kind of like high um who are in these positions of power there's no way that there weren't allegations before or you know what i mean it's there's no way that is what i always think is like there is no way that people didn't know there's no yeah. way people didn't know about harvey weinstein there's no way people didn't know about the president of the motion picture association right. but um, it's great that people are doing something about it now and i think that's fantastic right. but i think Better they're also never but also i think they're in a position where they have to like there yes. is there you you can't not yes without your entire organization like stinking in high heaven at this point exactly you know what so. i mean at least it's getting done now Ab- you absolutely know? i'm Doesn't not take away from the shitty things that happen i'm not trying to always sound like a downer no um, i know but you but it still needs to be brought up i don't yeah. think you're a downer well thank you madigan you're welcome um so da, we can da, 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 black panther corner i, I know honestly <laughs> 
We're going to just have a corner of our What's in the News episodes that just talk about Black Panther, apparently, because I don't know if there's some kind of alert on my um, computer. I don't know if my FBI agent that I've been um, designated for my computer um, has pinged that about me. I always want to know about Black Panther because it pops up. All the time on my I think um, computer. I, I want to make like a theme song now. Black Panther Corner. Okay, we're gonna get sued. So for real, Vogue. Vogue wrote an article about how Black Panther's badass female warriors are getting their own spinoff, which we were just talking about in the last episode. How bomb we find the like general from that that movie. She and the other women, I can't pronounce this, Dora Milaji? I don't know. But apparently that's what they're called, the armed guard from Black Panther. They are all getting a spinoff of their own, which I think is Like the comic books, right? Like like a comic book spinoff. I mean, I'm sure a movie spinoff is to come. Um, With I would hope so. Of it, you know? Yeah, I would totally hope so. But I am really excited for it. I've never been like a huge comic book person. Like, but for this. But for this, I totally would. I read the Walking Dead comics. There are certain comics that I did read, but I would totally. Well, it's funny because it's the same woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same actress. But I would absolutely read this. And I also just think it's so important and so fantastic for representation for uh-huh. black girls to feel like you can be powerful in a way that's not depicted as overly aggressive. You know what I mean? Because everyone's always, everyone always categorizes black women as being like loud and aggressive in a really bad yeah. way. And this is saying like, no, you're powerful and strong. And um, I just love that. I love that they're going to have this and like little black girls are going to grow up with this and these images. I think it's Definitely. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to play. Oh, this isn't it. What is that? Okay. It's or maybe it is. Okay. Oh no, no. That tell the cat. I can't believe you categorized this as lighthearted. I mean, it's not my most lighthearted, so I had to put it in somewhere, you know? So, you know. So that is Bento the cat, who was the keyboard playing cat. Yep. Bento, he passed away. Yep, an alleged distant relative of the 1980s video artist and woman cat pianist Fatso, or maybe he was Fatso. I thought he was Bento. Whose performance persona became popularized in the late aughts as Keyboard Cat Has Died. Oh, how old yeah. was he? You know um, I hate sad cat news. It says, surprise, Keyboard Cat was a woman. I don't know why that's a surprise. <laughs> God, sexism, even in the animal world, that's bullshit. <laughs> <Exactly>. Like... <laughs> Owner Charlie Schmidt says that Bento, Bento, there you go, his, his, his alter ego was Fatso. So, owner Charlie Schmidt says that Bento was adopted in 2010 from a shelter. Bento's, Bento's shtick piggybacking on the piano stylings of Fatso. What the f- Okay, I know what they're, I know what, I know what they're saying. There was, there was another cat in the 80s called Fatso, who was like keyboard playing cat. Thank you. So basically, he, he, they're saying that he was a distant relative of Fatso, and so he played the keyboard as well. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Keyboard cat one and two are survived by all other cats, which are all lovable more than less interchangeable. They don't say how old Bento was? Let me see. November 2009 to March 2018? That's gotta be the second cat. No, and that's Bento. I thought he was. 
to 2018. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but that's not that long for a cat. That's not long for a cat. That's nine years? You know, but you know what they say about musicians? They live hard They lives. live hard and die young. You know, it's... Live fast, die young. Live fast and die young. Yeah, because, so. oh, I don't want to think about that. That's not that old. I'm sorry. Matilda will be six, I think. My cat, Matilda. Well, that's not very old. No, it's not. That's sad. What were they doing? Why weren't they taking better care of Bento Cat? I don't know. I'm they deeply don't offended. They not say anything. I'm really disappointed, but I still want to bring it up. Yeah, it was worth bringing up. R.I.P. R.I.P., yeah. The other thing I have is Tamagotchis are finally coming to your phone where you can slowly kill them at your own convenience. Great. <laughs> Just, Great. You know? But you know what? No, give me a Tamagotchi like keychain or give me nothing. For real. I don't want any of this bullshit on my right? phone. It says after decades of being confined to a little to little plastic eggs and the occasional usually Japan only video games, nostalgia rich pet stimulators, Tamagotchi are finally coming to people's phones where we can all fuck up raising them at our own convenience. Tamagotchis, I did have one. Did you have one? Oh yeah. Yeah. They I always did a little golden retriever dog. They were definitely like the nineties early 2000s version of a pet rock. Mm-hmm. Like, they they were... They, they didn't do anything. And it didn't seem to matter, really, like, how much you fed them or did whatever. They always died. Well, you had to sleep, and then they would die. <laughs> but then, I'd always wake up in the morning to my little dog with angel wings. Um, it says the download is free, but you can trade some money or ad watching time for bonuses and perks for your little tykes. I mean, isn't that how it is with every app now? Yeah. Per Whatever, ma- I take the ads always. I'm like, you can't trick me into paying for this yeah. shit. Per Mashable, the games designers apparently haven't skimped on the shit-based nature of the classic Tamagotchi experience either. Prepare to drag and flick a lot of adorable cartoon poos into a toilet while you're training your little friend. Maybe don't combine that one with the much-touted tickle feature, huh? Okay, well, here's what we should do. We should test it out. I'm for sure just, getting it. Just to report back. For sure. Because I know it's going to be trash, and again... I don't think it was necessary. I think I would really prefer a classic Tamagotchi. In fact, if someone got me, like, a classic Tamagotchi, I would proudly put it on my keychain. There's one that's on the App Store right now that's called Tamagotchi Forever, but it's 99 cents. So I don't think that's the one. The new version's not out yet. Let me see. When is it available? Do they not give a release date? Do they not know that we need to know? No, they're not telling me. Let's look in the comments. Well, we can just Google it later. I mean... (laughs) Oh, wait, it says, announced at the release of a new mobile game, My Tamagotchi Forever, this week. When was that article written? This was written on yesterday. Oh, well, it's coming. It's forthcoming. But there's there's Tamagotchi Forever, but it's a dollar. Well, updates to come. No, okay. It wasn't that good. (laughs) It wasn't that good to start with. So, I think that's all we've got. Anything yeah. else? Do you have anything else? No, I just love you. I love you, too. Thank you for coming to my birthday today. Thank I'm drinking you for having a birthday and being alive. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I, I do gave... what I can. That's the <laughs> that's the least I can do. You know what I mean? They, everyone wanted Keegan to give a speech, and she's like, no. And I gave the most lukewarm speech ever. But I appreciated it deeply. No, in all honesty... Thank you for being my friend and being one of the most supportive human beings I have in my life. And for being such a constant and dependable human being. You make my life better by being in it. Aw, thank you. That was a beautiful speech. Thank you. 
I tend to use okay. humor, I tend to use humor as a defense mechanism no, me too. in large crowds because I get deeply uncomfortable. When yeah, I feel so like- I was like, she has curly hair. She's super cool, and she's a feminist badass. And I Happy was like, birthday. all true things. Thank you very much, Madigan. <laughs> the end. The end. And um, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us this week. If you have any interesting news articles or anything that you want us to like read, because we definitely don't have time to like look through everything. I get yeah. most of my news either from things people send me, articles people send me on Jezebel or Put on... Put them on our Facebook page. Send them to us through Instagram. Yeah. We need to start checking Twitter more, but send them through Twitter. Yeah, I've been start trying to get on there, but I feel it's like been... if there's more things happening, I'll check it more. So if you guys want to start being active on Twitter, I will happily be more active on Twitter. Yeah, and just uh, so you know, we are Yamp Podcast on Twitter. Yes. Y-A-N-F Podcast on Twitter. We are on uh, Facebook at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. We are on Instagram. Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> you said Facebook. Did I say Facebook? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Instagram. Instagram. Our Facebook is Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Our full name. Yeah. So, so um, and don't forget to send us your sister solidarity stories. We're I still know, looking I for those. I haven't gotten any. I know. I really want to hear them, though. I feel like it would be a really fun thing to share of how women are supporting women. Yeah, and- so if you have a story of, of um, girls supporting girls or anything like that, just an inspirational story, then... Um, go ahead and hashtag Sister Solidarity and tag us so that we see it. Yeah. And we will read your story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. We encourage you. To, to rage, rage on. Bye-bye. Nowadays, trends and news cycles change faster than we can blink. But there are some things that withstand the test of time. And if you're looking for a connection to something timeless, and maybe also a glimpse of life at a slower pace, I believe everyone can relate to the very human experiences explored in Jane Austen's novels. And that's where I come in. My name is Alison Larkin. I'm a writer, comedian, and narrator and host of The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin. I spent a lot of my childhood in the part of England where Jane Austen lived and wrote, and now that I live in the States, nothing gives me a sense of homecoming quite like narrating her books. On this show, you'll listen to award-winning narration, I'll give myself a pat on the back for that, as well as conversations with actors, writers and other fascinating people who all share a passionate love for Jane Austen. So please, join me as we embark on a wonderful journey through Jane Austen's work. Be sure to listen and subscribe to The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin, wherever you get your podcasts.